Greetings, dear friends. You're on Alatra TV India. Today, we continue to talk about creative society. How do we see the society where we would like to live? Not all people even asked this question sometimes. So, but how important is it to understand what is our goal in life and what is our goal as a humanity? So creative society is a unique and global project. Millions of people from all over the world are already discussing and framing the vision of society we all want to live. The goal of the project is to build a creative society free from the consumeristic mindset by peaceful means. And today we will talk to our guest about the creative society. So if you would like to know more about this project, please visit our website, alatraunites.com. My name is Tatiana, and my co-host today is Subhatra. Welcome. You are not audible? Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Tatiana. Uh, thanks for the wonderful evening. We have an eminent guest today. I am very happy and privileged to welcome Mr. Nareen Dat Sukram. Uh, he is a diversity and inclusion licensed trainer, social worker, who is graduated from University of Manitoba, and he received a honorary degree from King's University. Currently, he is residing in Canada, and we are very happy to have him on this um, Creative Society Talks today. Let's have a chit chat with him to share his experience and uh, whatever the uh, social works he is working on this evening. And welcome to our program, uh, Mr. Nari. Uh, we are very happy to have you today. And thank you for accepting our invitation and delivering, about, delivering the project and more work about you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me to be part of this program. I'm, I'm very excited actually to be part of it. So thank you again for inviting me. Very much appreciated. Okay. So uh, to introduce yourself, can uh, could you please share what are the activities you are carrying out and what about your primary focus uh, which you are concentrating and working on nowadays? Uh, you can share your opinion during the uh, during the early years and the post corona activities also. Well, um, you mentioned it earlier. So I'm, I work as a social worker and as a career developer, and I'm going to explain the difference between the two. Um, but before I get into that, um, I was born and raised in Guyana, South America, and now I reside. I live here in Canada. I've lived uh, most of my life here in Canada. And I grew up attending um, church and things of that kind. So I grew up with, um, with good values, where I was born and raised. We have a Hindu temple, we have a Christian church, we have a mosque, all in the same village. All of us um, do our own thing. And at the end of the day, we still live nicely as neighbors and as friends. So we grew up with really good values. So when I was at the age of 14, I saw a need to bring the young people together so that they can utilize their resources, um, you know, so that we can, you know, do vibrant things in the village. So at the age of 14, I founded a nonprofit organization that's way back in Guyana. However, uh, in my later teens, uh, we migrated to Canada. I was uh, 17 at that time. So when I came here, I still had that thought of wanting to contribute back to the community because I realized it is part of my own personal values. So what I've done, 
I actually founded a nonprofit organization here in Canada called Active Vision. The reason for the name is because I believe that if you have a vision, you have to be active because if you're not active in what you do, you're not going to go anywhere. So that's how the name came about, Active Vision. And so over the years, um, we um, you know, um, supply Guyana with textbooks. Because it was the need at that time. You know, um, now I know people use computer and all other gadgets and so on. But the textbooks, the tangible hard copy textbook, it was in great demand. So we've actually flooded Guyana with textbooks and all of those types of things. We send textbooks by the thousand. And here in Canada, what we try to do in order for us to feel a sense of home, we promoted the Guyanese and West Indian culture in, um, here in Canada. So we started to do cultural event where we are going to bring, you know, um, people um, to showcase their talent, showcase their, um, you know, um, their culture. And we will invite the mainstream audience to learn of our culture, to understand who we are, because I believe that knowledge is a powerful thing. I believe that if people don't understand who we are and know why we do what we do, uh, we can be easily judged in so many different ways, particularly when it comes to um, the media, because things are so easy. As I get more, oh, a little bit more older, and um, you know, and um, and I started to see the need here in Canada. Um, I realized that um, I have a responsibility as an individual. You can stop me anytime, by the way. Just so you know, I'm continuing. <laughs> um, so I realized that you know there are lots of needs. For example, when I came here, um, we came here in 1993. We had the biggest recession. And what that means is that finding a job was a very, very difficult thing, especially a job that fits with your skills and qualification. Very, very difficult. So I went through that process of, you know, having challenging time. You know, luckily for me, I was still young, so I was in school and so on. But I still get to see, you know, the difficulties of family members, you know, um, you know colleagues and all of that struggling to find work. So as a person growing up, I'm saying to myself that I cannot depend on somebody else to make those change. I cannot depend on the government to do everything because sometimes the government are in it for themselves as well too, not always for the people. So I'm, I, I keep questioning myself, what can I do as an individual to make those changes? Because usually I live my life by asking myself two questions every single day. In the morning when I wake up, every day I ask myself the same question. I ask myself, what is it that I want to do with my life today? Every day I ask myself the same question. And at the end of the day, I'm asking myself another question. What have I accomplished today? So I always ask myself the two very questions. And so I realized that um, when it comes to job security, uh, especially for immigrants, it is a very difficult thing. And so I decided to get into um, social activities, I get to understand how the um, how the uh, how the system work over here. I've had the opportunity to get into the system. When I got into the system, I realized that the system is a broken system. It is not a it's a system where we needs a lot of repair, and that's when I got into um, you know career development, where I'm actually working with um, recent graduate people who just finished college, finished university. I'm working with lots of immigrants because immigrants are coming to the country. Um, you know, with a master's degree, PhD, and all of that, but yet they're having difficulties finding work because, um, um, you know, um, when you're an immigrant, people judge you by the color of your skin, they judge you based on your accent, um, you know, 
they don't understand the value of your education. And so it doesn't seem to have the same value as Canada, at least for many, many people. And it's still an issue right now. And so I keep asking myself now, what can I do as an individual to make the world around me a better place? What can I do to kind of assess the people I'm, who I have access to and all of that? And so I got into social work, um, which um, it's not easy here in Canada to get into social work. It is very competitive. It is very much needed as well too, because when people migrate, you know, to come to a place like Canada, keep in mind, you are leaving your family behind, you're leaving your, everything, you know, um, that you've worked so hard for behind to start a new life. So people always, you know, there's always a need, you know, to do counseling. There's always a need to allow people to um, kind of um, see that there's hope, you know, um, but sometimes they need that guidance. And so that's how I got into social work. One of the best thing I've ever done in my life, actually, um, you know, uh, one of the best decisions I have made, because I always believe that it is very crucial for us to choose a career path that fits with us. Because yeah. once you do it, right, uh, once you do it, then it doesn't feel like work. And so for me, it's not, I always put people before profit. Um, that is my, I live by that. And so if somebody's reaching out to me for help or assistance and so on, money is not even of a discussion and say, well, okay, it will cost you, you know, $300, you know, at the end of it all and so on. My main focus, how is it that I can help an individual move on from one step to the next step? So that's a little bit about me in a little bit of a nutshell um, yeah. as to what I do right now. And I'm so much passionate about it. And later on, I'll probably talk a little bit about the diversity and inclusion because it's very, very hot. We can share our thoughts. And uh, it's well and correctly said by you. Yeah, immigrants, we have a, when we go to another country, we have to accustom with the living thing, what we never been used with it. Uh, and at the age of 10, it's very, very appreciable when the teens are in different mindset, you started your own NGO. That's a great thing you have done and keep continuing your work. And uh, my next, uh, we want to discuss about that. You are working on different societal development projects. Okay. Uh, and what is, in your opinion, uh, which is uh, important or lagging in that field? And what motivates you to be uh, like uh, every day to do more of the social activity? Well, I think that, um, well, I'll answer the second part first. For yeah. me, um, I believe that we all have a purpose. Right, and so we cannot just live our lives for the sake of ourselves. I think that, you know, we have to live our lives for the sake of others as well too. And so when I personally work on a project, and I think that's one of the reasons why I accepted the invitation to be in this show here in the first place, because I love the idea of this initiative. Because for me, um, if, there, if, if I recognize that there is a need for something, that's when I put my energy and time on it. I wouldn't work on any project for the sake of doing it, or I wouldn't do it because somebody else is doing it, or I wouldn't do it because I see an opportunity where I can make lots of money and all of that. I, you know, as long as there is a need. And so there is a lot of need, um, you know, in society, um, you know, and first of all, I, I think when it comes to need and addressing social issues and so on, I think for me personally, I think that education is key. I think, um, that, you know, in the school system, we need to make sure that we are teaching the right courses. We need to make sure that, um, you know, I, uh, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, you know, it, all of that is including in it. We want to make sure that we are teaching people all the things that they need to see. Like we cannot hide anything. For example, 
the month of February is a Black History Month, right? And so we need to introduce, you know, courses, you know, in the school system, all of that, so that people can understand and see the history so that things doesn't slip through the cracks and all of that. And so for me, um, you know, um, when there's a need, um, you know, you, you, we have an obligation. I think we have to be the person to initiate, you know, um, something because sometimes um, it takes just one person to start an in initiative and then other people follow along to help. Not too many people will want to do it. Not that people are not recognizing that there is a need, but they're not the initiator type of people. And I think all three of us here, you know, and even the people behind the camera right now are initiators, right? We initiate these things and then we have people to kind of support it. Yeah, thank you very much for your sharing. It's really great. And we, I, I was really happy and inspired to hear how you work uh, for the society and that benefit of the society is higher than profit. It's it's really amazing. And I think if we have more people like this, our society will be completely different. So, and uh, thank you that you inspire other people to do it. Uh, it's, it's really great. Uh, thank you very much for your work for helping people. The, uh, that's what we're all doing here. Absolutely. <laughs> um, thank you so much. And really, uh, having met so many people, yeah, uh, in uh, from different countries uh, or from of different uh, nationalities and so on. So I think you uh, definitely should know the answer to the next question. So, what do you think we all have in common, regardless of anything, religions? nationalities, social statuses, or, and everything else. What do we all have in common? What unites I, us? Yes, so I think, um, I, I, I think that's a good question because I think that we have more in common than what we have in terms of differences. There's no question about that. But the only problem is that uh, we, have a, a, we cannot ignore the fact that we also have lots of greedy people. Right. And so when I talk about greedy people, not necessarily everyday people, I'm talking about, you know, you know, the rich people. I'm talking about, you know, um, some of the politicians and all that. Not all politicians, because I know I might have some politicians watching here, you know. But the thing is, like, I think that everybody is looking for a decent life and fair opportunity. I think, um, you know, we all can relate in some different ways in terms of um, having, you know, children in, in some cases, having siblings, you know, having you know, um, friends and all that. So we have all of those basic pieces. I think um, one of the things we need to do though is that when I talk about the greedy part of it, um, I think that we have to recognize that we cannot, um, you know, continuously have everything. There's a reason why we have system in place because we have greedy people because um, we live in a society where people want more and more and more and more. They're not looking out for the everyday people. And even the everyday people sometimes don't look out for each other. I'll give you a good example. For example, here in Canada, there are always, you know, um, we always have items on sale. You know, let's say it's $10 today, you know, tomorrow it might be for a dollar. And so when people go shopping, and immigrants do it a lot, you know. And so when people go shopping, they're going to go and they will grab all of it. Instead of taking one or two items that you need and leave, you know, um, leave the rest so that other people can have those kinds of opportunity. You know, people are not doing that. So greed comes in so many different forms, you know, like um, keep in mind, I have two beautiful um, girls, I have a wife, I have families and so on. But other people have beautiful kids, they have beautiful families, their family is important to them and so on. So we have to think along that line. It cannot always be about us. 
you know, um, of course, um, we as social worker, one thing I learned, you know, that we must take care of ourselves first, because if we don't take care of ourselves, we are not able to take care of other people. But I don't mean that. What I mean is that sometimes we have to really kind of, um, you know, look around and, and, you know, and understand that, you know what? Yes, my family is important. My initiative is important. My personal goal is important. Um, but at the same time, other people might not have the same kind of opportunity that I had, for example. And so we have to recognize all of that. You know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to live in a safe environment. At the end of the day, people want to make sure that they can go to bed and not worrying that somebody will break, you know, the door to come in and so on. By the way, here in Canada, we don't have to worry about those things. I can go to bed and leave that door open or, or leave, you know, the car door open and don't have to worry about all of that. But I'm generally speaking... So I think the common thing is that, you know, um, we all have, you know, simple goals in life. And, and as of now, and like today, especially with the pandemic, I think right now, many people, believe it or not, are just struggling to have enough to survive, enough food to eat. Um, you know, um, people are just um, hoping that they can have a steady income and all of that. So those are the common things, you know, we all need all of that. But I think the greediness um, can be a little bit of, um, uh, can, can take over and kind of um, cause a lot of issue. Yeah. True, Nareen. Uh, this pandemic has given uh, eye-opening session to each and everyone what we really need in life. We uh, have like now, looking at our home, we see we, there are many things which we don't use in our day-to-day -day, day -day life, but still we have it. So it's a good thing. And my uh, next question is that nowadays, you know, more people are voicing uh, uh, in order to create a really comfortable conditions of every person, uh, every person's living and uh, life. We need to change the format of the society to the creative one. Hope you agree to that. And how do you envision uh, what a creative society is mean for you, for your family and every person in the world to make a better place for living in? Yes, so first of all, I think that it is important for us to recognize that each individual, regardless of their past, regardless of our, you know, religious beliefs, regardless of age differences, regardless of, you know, um, our agenda, regardless of how much we make, all of that, I think we have to recognize, regardless of how we dress, you know, I think that we have to recognize and accept the fact that each individual has potential. Each individual has something to offer. You know, when we go to a seminar and when we're leading that seminar, you know, we have to be very mindful that the person who's sitting way at the back, very shy with the head down, that person probably has more to offer. You know, we have to kind of recognize that, um, you know, that is a real thing. And I think once we educate people more along that line, I think society can be so much better, right? Right? You know, we cannot live in a society where uh, we are having that thinking that if you are a single mother, this is just an example, if you're a single mother, most likely your ch children wouldn't get to go to college or college is only for certain people, all of that, right? And I think that um, that is something we have to kind of be conscious of. And we have to sometimes put a lot of pressure a lot of pressure on political leaders and all of that because there's a reason why we have policies in place. There's a reason why we have government in there. Things like education. I really hope that education can one day be free worldwide. 
um, education, you know, generally speaking, it is a business, you know, when I was, I'm actually taking, I love school, by the way. So I, I since I came to this country 28 years ago, I never stopped going to school. I have several degrees that that's not even listed on my LinkedIn and so on, because it's a personal thing for me. But what I, what, what I was going to say here in terms of my point, though, is that I only found out recently that in my class right now, one of the courses I'm taking, we have over 1000 students. Right. And we have like a, one professor and we have one assistant person. And so when I calculate all the money that we're making just for one course, I was like, I was just lost. So it is a business um, because the material, as you know, it's already there um, because it's all online. The material is already there. It's not like one for your paying, you know, one person is standing there teaching you now. Things have changed. Right. So it is a business, but it is what it is. Um, but I think that every person should have that, that opportunity to complete school if he or she chooses to do so, right? If he or she doesn't, if they're not interested, let's say to go to college or university, there's always option for, you know, trades. Um, it's always option for, uh, you know, somebody to learn to do like sewing, there's, you know, or learn to cook, you know, to have that um, independence, you know? And I think even these days, I will even recommend for women to, to, to educate themselves, you know, take pride in um, taking control of your life. So you're not depending on a partner to kind of, you know, um, support you and all of that, you know, because a lot of women, I'm speaking here for a reason, a lot of women sometimes stay in a relationship because they have no other choice, or like staying in, in an abusive relationship, for example, because they have no other choice and things of that kind. So I think fair opportunity for everybody, um, you know, and recognize that in a sense that we cannot compare apple and oranges. I cannot say that I'm better than you because I am a record world holder. <laughs> I cannot say that I'm better than you because I, you know, whatever the case may be, we are all unique in our own way. And I think once we start to look at everybody individually, we'll recognize that their own uniqueness rather than to say, well, I'm gonna try to do this because I want to be better than the other person. I think what we can do though, or what we need to do is to try to be the best version of our own individual self and acknowledge that from every individual. Yeah, very good point that you have mentioned. The creative society is a society of equal people where with equal opportunities, right? And uh, as you correctly said, education really uh, plays an important role in it. And uh, of course, free and quality education for, for everybody, yeah? for, uh, for each person. And then we can really create this equal opportunities for all people. Uh, this education is one of the basic spheres, basic parts of the society that really can make uh, the society better. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, for your description, for your envision. Yeah, and when we talk about uh, the Creative Society, we can't but mention uh, eight foundations of the Creative Society, right? And the article which was written and published on our website, alatreunites.com. Uh, and for our viewers, if you have not read this article yet, you may visit our website and read it in details, some uh, all parts of it. Yes, here is it. You can choose the language that you speak and uh, uh, choose uh, the way uh, and choose the 
language and uh, read this article in particular. And uh, for our guest, as we know, uh, he, you have already read this article, right? So could you please uh, express your opinion in general about the article? And maybe you would like to speak about some foundations or all the eight foundations of the um, Creative Society. And uh, the general question is, how will our society change if we really implement all these uh, foundations in reality in our society? Well, I mean, um, I think um, it will change for the better, you know, because we know that we live in a world that is not a perfect world. And sometimes it, uh, I question myself that, why is it that we are still having issues, you know, um, in, in this world that we live in? You know, we live in a modernized world. Of course, in certain areas, we have more problems than some. But I think that um, um, we actually, when we implement something, uh, we cannot implement it for the sake of implement it. Uh, we, uh, as I talked about earlier, once we see a need, we must implement that. We must follow up to see how things are going. And I still believe that, um, you know, the greed piece uh, play an important role. And the education is like a wraparound service, you know. Once we understand that, you know, um, being greedy, it only fulfill our own personal desire, you know. Um, being in a position, you know, whether that be a political position, a leadership position, being in that, you know, for the sake of being in it, you know, um, and not really representing people really doesn't do, um, do anything. So I think once you implement pieces um, like the Creative Society, I think um, um, we have to, once we implement um, it, we have to make sure that we are actually checking in though. We have to check in to see, you know, um, um, is it making an impact, you know, um, you know, what I mean, are we better off now than we were 10 years ago and all of that. I still think, though, that we have a far way to go. There's no question about that. I still also believe that we have come a far way. But I still think that um, that 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 greedy piece and that and, and sometimes we don't want to make those kinds of implementation because we are thinking if we do that, guess what, the other person who had nothing they're gonna get they're gonna take away from me because sometimes in order for us to have an inclusive society um you know um, um equal um you know equal opportunity for everybody what that means basically is that we are in a sense taken away uh, a little bit from the rich and from taken away from the people who are in power and all that believe it or not here in canada we have a very small it happens here too we have a small percentage of people i, I don't know the percentage off my head but very small just a handful of people who own 95% of the wealth. Think about that, right? You have a, like about 5% of the people own 95% of the wealth and the 95% of the people, I'm one of those 95% by the way, owns the rest of the 5%. So I think that that gap, I think once we see that, and I think, I don't understand how, how we can even allow something like that where you have a handful of person just owns everything and the other person just struggle because the rest of the people basically to, to kind of simplify it in a different way, the rest of the people basically just struggle for the daily, for the daily living. So I think that um, once we implement important pieces, we have to monitor, we have to make sure that, um, and we have to make sure that we are telling these stories too, because not too many people will know that 5% of the people owns 95% of the wealth. So people don't necessarily understand it as well too. So I think even the educational piece comes in when it comes to the implementation of it. But the world, um, even the world around us will be a better place. Even if we implement something, 
you know, entities. And even if we have a handful of people, you know, um, you know um, benefit from it, I think that's a start. And I think that's the way to do it because we cannot change the world overnight, but at least we can start to do those measures one step at a time. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Narin. It was uh, very well described this in our current scenario. And uh, that is what the Alatra TV and the Creative Society has taken the initiative uh, with the theme that every life matters. So having said that, presently, the people started discussing about uh, the different spheres of creative society. One of the pillars of a creative society is that itself governing uh, the society where the people decide on distribution of funds. Okay, uh, as we are working in the social sphere, you, uh, how do you see it, uh, how it impacts the society and how it, uh, how it matters for forming a creative environment? Yes, so at the end of the day, the people, we have to um, accept the fact as well, too, that the people have lots of power, you know, the everyday people have lots of power, right? Because keep in mind, um, we forget that when we, are, when we are going out to vote for somebody, whether that be for prime minister, president, member of parliament, and so on, it is the everyday people that makes that decision. They're the one casting their vote and all that. So the people have that power. And I think that when people take that kind of control to self-govern, um, they are basically taking ownership, you know, and that's a good way to kind of contribute because they're the ones who actually understand the daily challenges. And, and they're the ones who actually have so much to offer as well too. It's just that the opportunity is not given. So I think um, um, this route here, I think um, this, um, this is um, a very good one because the people are taking the full control because they're recognizing that there's a need. And I think this way it kind of leverages things a little bit too. Um, you know, it's not um, where you kind of have, you know, you know, one person's up there and the other person is there. It's kind of like the people have the passion. And I think when you have something like this, people who are joining, people like yourself who are part of the initiative, you're starting to recognize that you're having the right people too, right? But keep in mind, we all have you know, different goals and dreams and understanding in life. So when you um, have, have something that is self-government, you know, um, you, you have to have a passion for it before you're doing it, you're basically attracting the right people. And I think that's a good start, actually. Absolutely. People like yourself, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Nareen. Yeah, together we can bring in some change in the society and make a better living for everybody. And uh, uh, the next focus is on, in this uh, today's consumer format of society, uh, it's the right question to you also. We face different issues of inequality among the people. In your opinion, can this situation be changed with implementation and the practice, whatever the uh, eight rules of this foundation? Okay, can it be, uh, if, all the people, if all the people will implement these rules, we can make the betterment in our society and living. Can you share your views on that? So, and I think that's where the I think that's where the diversity and inclusion comes in as well too, because um, the inequality, of course, is still um, exists. If I understand your question correctly, and so we are still, for example, uh, women still, and here um, in modernized Canada, we still have, though we have, you know, somewhat improve you know we still have um room for improvement when it comes to um inequality in terms of giving women you know um equal opportunity for certain position and believe it or not 
and women, they still make less money doing the same job and all of that. And I think it's possible. I think we have to um, recognize that there is an issue here and then we have to address it and address it to the right people. We, we basically have to keep them accountable and, 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 and so on, because I find that the people who are responsible, who can actually make, the, make those changes are somewhat behind the scene kind of thing and they're not necessarily making themselves um, too visible. Um, the sad thing though, is that every organization is trying to present themselves to be equal, you know, where is an equal opportunity for everybody and so on, where in reality it is not. For example, if you go on any website, any random website, um, you will see that people will put a person of color, um, a color on the website, you'll put, you know, um, you use the term diversity, inclusion, and all of that on the website because it looks nice and, you know, because it's easy for us to access the website. We can go on our phone, we can do all of that. But in reality, when you go a little bit deeper, you realize that behind the doors, it's, it's a whole different ball game and things of that kind. But it is possible, but we must hold people accountable. And I mean, um, for example, um, we had the um, governor general, which is a very powerful, <laughs> the governor general is, uh, you know, representing the queen here in Canada, and she recently resigned. She resigned. This is public information. That's why I'm sharing, by the way. Um, she resigned because um, she wasn't um, treating people properly, right? Employees and things of that kind. But that's because people speak up, you know, they speak up, and that was you know, investigated, she was investigated and she ended up resigning. So it is possible, anything is possible, I think, but we cannot just talk about it. We have to address it, see it. Then we have to um, try to think of ways like what, you, you, you know, the organization is doing. We have to think of ways, how can we make things better? What is it that we need to implement to make a start and then check in and so on. But to answer your question, absolutely. I believe that if you have the right people with the right passion, with the right motive, you know, if you put people before profit, it is possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Passionate people can really do a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So passionate and active people can really uh, make a change. Absolutely. The everyday people can make a change. No question about that. I think people, and that's even where the education comes in. Sometimes people don't realize that they have, if they see something that's not going right, it is okay to have, you know, have a little chit chat, have a conversation, share something with somebody, letting them know, you know what, there's this going on here. This is not right. It's affecting, you know, 10 other people. Only one person is benefiting from it. This is not fair, you know, that we need to do something about it. Of course, you're having these conversations in small groups and so on, but not too many people are taking initiative to make the change, but definitely possible. Yeah. Not, not many people take initiative because uh, they will, will be punished by the implementation yes. of this initiative. True, true, right? true. Oh, very, very true. A lot of people will be scared of losing their job and all of that. And so it is very tricky, very, very tricky. Um, you know, but, you know, all of us here, we are risk takers. So sometimes we, we do what we have to do. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for, for your answers, really. Uh, and uh, I would also like to mention the conference uh, which took place on the 20th of December 2020, where a lot of people all around the globe uh, gathered together uh, to discuss uh, and to discuss how people see the creative society, uh, what is creative society, how we can achieve it, and why these uh, steps or uh, attempts failed in the past.
Right, and before asking the next question, I would like to ask our uh, technical support uh, to uh, show a short video uh, from that conference, and then we'll discuss it a little bit, okay? The question's not who is behind us, the question's who is next to us. See, when someone says, oh, Steve, with your creative society, who's behind the creative society? Nobody. See, I stand next to people around the globe. I stand next to people around the world. I don't lead anybody. I don't follow anybody. I stand next to my brothers and my sisters. Seema said this from India. Dr. Seema said, we're all one family. These are all my family. The Creative Society, you can do a few things right now. One is take personal responsibility and say, you know what, I'm in. I like it. I'm going to decide that we can make a difference. I choose that there is a solution to all of the world's problems. I will take personal responsibility. What is the mindset? One of my favorite quotes is this. If you believe you can, or if you believe you can't, you are right. Uh, excuse me, uh, could you hear that? I wasn't able to hear, unfortunately. I, I thought you were still working on it. Yeah, I didn't hear anything. Okay, I think we have some technical issues today. Um, okay, then I will just uh, shortly <laughs> uh, describe what, what was going on there, yeah, and we'll yeah. ask about it. So in the, uh, in the society where we all feel like one family, where we support and uh, help each other and really do not wish anything from another person, just uh, if uh, a person needs help, just to do it without any benefit or um, any special wishes about that, right? And everybody is happy for a person who has <laughs> some, some uh, idea to be happy about and so on. So how, how do, you do you think people will feel in such a community and society? You know, um, that's such a beautiful question. And I love it so much because I think we need that, you know. You know, I always believe that when we do something for somebody, whatever that may be, you know, whether that be a simple act of kindness, you know, um, I don't think that we should ever look back for anything in return. I'll tell you why. If I do something for you, let's say you come to Canada and you're looking for a job, and you, you know, and you came to me and you said, no, Ryan, you know, I'm looking for a job. How can you help me? If I help you and if I'm expecting something from you, money or even a thank you or, or whatever the case may be, I'm setting up myself for disappointment there. Um, you know, that's one thing because the person might not get back to you, not because the person is not appreciative of, of, of the service, but it's just that sometimes the person probably doesn't know how to show the appreciation, but I can assure you the appreciation sits in the person's heart, right? Um, I've, I'm seeing, and in fact, I do ongoing videos every day to address these things because when I see these kinds of issue, I cannot sit back and lay back. It's not my kind of style. That's one of the reasons why I do a separate video is between three to five minutes where I'm addressing all of this. And one of the videos I made recently is that I've seen so many comments on social media where people are saying that, oh, I'm not going to 
share their pages anymore because they're not sharing my page or I'm not going to do this because they're not doing it for me. Not only it is childish, um, and I said that in the video exactly, we cannot have any sort of expectation. If we are doing something for somebody, let's do it wholeheartedly. Let's do it as a human being there. Let's realize that, you know what? Um, I don't know about other people. I can only speak for myself. The more good I do, the more happy I feel inside. Um, it really energized me. I feel so good. I actually have, um, this morning before I even brush my teeth, I did something for somebody because I could not control my energy of getting that work done. And so, my, so I think that we have to realize that when we do something for somebody, but the only thing I'm asking for though is that eventually I'm hoping that that person can do, can pay it forward to somebody else whenever they're in a better situation. So let's say I, I help somebody find a job. Um, eventually, if they're in a position to not help somebody find a job, but maybe do something good. I think if all of us do that and kind of pass on that good favor, the world will automatically be a, a better place because we are paying it forward in a good way. But if I do something for you, you know, and then I'm expecting that, you know what, they have to do something back for me. Like, what are we doing really? We are not doing anything. We are just worrying about ourselves. And so for me, that's the approach we have to take. Realize that when we contribute good things, um, I personally believe in God as well, too. I call God in so many different names. And I believe that when I do good things, I'm, I'm planting my spiritual seed. I'm nourishing my spiritual place, whatever that is. And I think it's a motivating thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. When you good something good to do something good to people around you, you, you do, do something good for yourself. You feel better about it, yeah? And uh, you really don't want anything in return because you're already so happy about that. Yeah, so how else can I help you to feel better myself, right? It's like a self, selfish, uh, I, I don't know, so selfish, uh, but, but also at the same time, it's useful for people around you. Right? Uh, so selfish happiness, I don't know how, how to call yeah, it. No, no, you said it correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and uh, Mr. Narayan, what do you think? Is it necessary to change the format of our society nowadays to the creative one? You know, I think change, I think we have to accept that change is constant. And I think that if something is not working, you know, as of today, I hope that people agree with me, as of today, we still have issues in the world. Even in modernized America, we have seen what happened and took place recently and all of that. So we do have issues in the world. Um, and I think that if something is not working, it means that there's a need for change. And I get it. I get it that change is not an easy thing for some people, but we have to learn. And there's a reason why uh, about four years ago, I wrote an article about accepting change. Because if we are not willing to accept change and we really cannot start to see, you know, um, good changes, you know, and I know how difficult it can be. I know how for some people moving from one office to the next can be a challenge by itself. Moving from on one office where you have like windows all over the place and now you notice that you don't, you don't have a window, you know, you, you, you feel so disappointed or the desk is not the right size and color and all of that. So change is a very difficult thing. I get it. But at the same time, the bottom line is if something is not working, it means that we have to make those changes. And, um, and, and, and I think we have to learn to be adaptable as well too. You know, we cannot really just be too comfortable. 
you know, in that box and saying, you know what, you know, th- you know, um, oh, we've been doing it, you know, for 20 years. We've always been doing it that way. But the problem is if you've been doing it for 20 years and we're not seeing improvement, maybe it's an opportunity for, you know, uh, to do some different type of initiative. So I think us adapting to change, um, you know, implement, you know, things that uh, has the potential to work is the way to go. Absolutely. And uh, uh, what can each of us do today in order to live in the creative society tomorrow? Oh, you want to say that again? Uh, what each of us can do today in order to live in the creative society tomorrow? Yeah, so I think um, as, as individuals, I think that we, I know that many of us are in very challenging situation. There's no question about that, particularly with the pandemic and so on. But for me, despite the fact that all of us have gone through challenges, you know, some of us more than some and so on. You know, one of my favorite questions I usually ask, I ask that question, you know, on my chit chat show, there's still things that we can, you know, look back and be grateful for. And so for me, having this opportunity to experience what a human life is all about, what a human body is all about, it's such of a beautiful thing. And that's one of the reasons when I wake up in the morning, the very first thing I do, I thank God and say, thank you that I live to see this not a beautiful day. And for me, just by saying that alone now, it gives me, I'm starting to think now, well, how do I spend my day as I talked about earlier? So I think we need to acknowledge all of that, that, um, you know, um, the world is a beautiful world. You know, um, we need to see the beautiful piece of it. Instead of us looking at the glass to be half empty, you know, all of us need to look at the glass and see it half full and realize that all of us are leaders in our own way. Not all of us will become president and prime minister for a country. Not all of us will become, you know, you know, CEOs and all of that. But we can be the best version of ourselves. And the one thing not to do, we should never compare ourselves with other people as I talked about earlier, you know. Don't try to be like me and I shouldn't try to be like you. Just acknowledge, you know, things the way it is. Um, you know, and I think if we do and acknowledge all of that, that is a bit of a thing. That is a good start. And we can start that way. Like, I don't think we need a million dollars, actually, to, to do an initiative, to start up a project. I think that we need to maximize the resources we have, right? And we start from there. Let's not wait until we have, you know, 1,000 people before we form an organization, before we start an initiative. Let's not do fundraising and wait until we raise a million dollars before we start to implement something. Let's start now, let's start today. Another thing I live by is that whatever I have to do tomorrow, I do it today. And whatever I have to do today, I do it now. And I encourage people to do the same. Don't wait for tomorrow, it never comes. Yeah, very inspiring, Nareen. Yeah, I really appreciate and agree with you. Be the best version of yourself and kindness is a drug. Please pass on good and positivity to each other. That is what the world really needs now. And I really appreciate all your words. You have like uh, the work, what you are doing is really very much inspiring and very appreciable thing. Keep doing it. And uh, finally, we are uh, at most at the end of this session of our chat. As we are are testing the theory of six handshakes, which is a part of the Creative Society goal, whom you would like to invite for our next conversation to hear his or her vision of the Creative Society. Um, I have a long list, but um, there's one person who I've known for a long time. Um, his name is, the, I'll probably send you information after, but his name is Dave um, Chetram. Um, he actually is a spiritual leader. Um, I um, you know, know him since when I was a teenager. 
um, you know, way back in Guyana, and we still kept in contact. He lives in the United States of America. And I think with his knowledge, um, you know, and, and being able to, you know, being out there and see, you know, things from a different perspective, I think he will be a good contributor as to how he sees society. Um, and he may add one or two spirits of peace to it, which is fine too, um, because we are all um, see things in different way. And I think that's what the openness is all about, where um, we allow people to kind of um, be themselves and contribute how they see, um, you know, um, you know, things in terms of making a contribution to the world. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Narain, for this very enriching and inspiring conversation. I'm sure our viewers really like our conversation today. Uh, th thank you for your work uh, for the society. It's really wonderful. And I would like to say to our viewers, if they would like to join to our project, uh, then it's very simple to do. You can just go to our website, alatreunites.com and press this red button, join us. Choose the language that you speak and choose the way how you can participate in our projects. And uh, uh, you will become a part of a very big team who is building the creative society, who is working today in order to live in the creative society tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Narain, would you like to wish something to all viewers? Well, first of all, I would like to thank both of you. Both of you did so well. And I'm so, it's different for me because I've always been on the other side. <laughs> um, you know, interviewing people. But I'm so glad that I, I got a break today in a different way where um, I was interviewed by two intelligent um, women and I really enjoy it. And I think that um, both of you um, have such of a passion because I can see through both of you and that's what I kind of like. And I want you to know that I will cherish this, um, you know, because it gives me lots of energy knowing that there are other like-minded people like myself out there. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a good way to, for me to start off this Saturday morning here in Canada. And, and to the viewers, um, do know that we appreciate you so very much. And um, the reason why, you know, we are bringing it to you live on social media, because we want you to um, not only get my perspective on life and, you know, society and, and to hear what I have to say, but we are, the, the organization is very much interested to hear from you, to get your input. And, and do know that we recognize that all of you who are watching, listening at some point um, have potential to make a difference, you know, um, around you. Keep in mind when you're making a house, you know, we make the house, you know, one brick at a time, right? So think about it. When we work together, we join hands together, we can do miracles. And I think all the people who are capable to do the miracles are watching and listening right now. So we, I do know that we appreciate you so much, so very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's really so that united we really can build this society. Yeah, to make this change that all people want. Thank you very much for this uh, very wonderful and important words, Mr. Yeah, thank you, Lenny, for inspiring us. Thanks a lot. And thank you for inviting me. I do appreciate that, Subatra. I do know I appreciate that so much. Thank you for the invite. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you.